What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Ad Geek Chronicles podcast. I am your host, Colin, the chief ad aviation maniac, Abner, or whatever you want to call me. Y'all, I am so stoked to be back on the podcast. As you know, I didn't launch one last week due to some business travel that took me to both Mirabel, Quebec. Uh, which, if you don't know, is right outside Montreal, and then to uh, New York City, and then out to the Hamptons. And let me fill you in on a little uh, little secret out there on the East Coast, the Hamptons. I really do not know what's such a big deal about this place. You know, it's nice, and it's private, and there's a lot of beautiful stuff, but, man, it's too quiet, and everything is just kind of so secluded. Um, but let me tell you, Long Island has some amazing ocean views uh, and some amazing beaches, so... It was another pleasant trip uh, out to the city and to the Hamptons, and uh, hopefully uh, get back there maybe sometime soon or next year. It's a, a very, very interesting place. So if you've never been, it's definitely a place you want to uh, want to put on your list at least to go once. So on today's episode, guys, I'm really uh, I'm really sorry again about last week not dropping an episode. Just things got really, really busy, uh, and I felt like I wouldn't be able to put. Uh, all my energy into it, so I just w- waited uh, this week uh, to launch another episode. So, uh, looking forward to an interesting topic today. Uh, you know, as everyone in aviation, you know, world has had it jammed down their throats that our world, you know, that our little aviation world is suffering this quote-unquote pilot shortage. You know, is this true? Um, we would say there's many clues pointing to yes. You know, it's true. Is it true for both helicopters and fixed-wing aircraft, you know, pilots on both sides of the aisle? There's many clues that are pointing to, yes, it's true for both sides. So for all you folks out there, both young and established people who are thinking about becoming pilots or aviators, the next question they need to ask themselves is, do I want to fly helicopters or do I want to fly fixed-wing aircraft? Let me tell you, for someone who has experience, you know, flying in the front seat of both types of aircraft, that decision is a lot harder than most think. You know, since I work for an aircraft OEM, you know, Bell, which is a rotorcraft company, uh, you'd think that I'm biased, but that's really, really far from the truth since I have my fixed-wing license. In fact, there's a lot of people at Bell that have fixed-wing licenses. My instructor works with me at Bell, and he does not have a rotorcraft license, but he's a rotorcraft engineer. Kind of crazy, right? So to be honest, the easy answer is, you know, it's both. If you don't mind working on your ratings, you know, for a long time, then doing both is, you know, it's feasible. It's possible. You know, both worlds, being on the fixed wing side or the helicopter side, they offer different types of flying and they really require different types of skills to become good. You know, you just got to figure out which machine fits into the type of passion that you have and what is your flying purpose. You know, it's crazy, right? Like, that's just that's just a life thing. What you want to do in life, you got to find your purpose and what's your passion. That's the same when you get into aviation. You want to figure out, you know, right off the bat, what do you want to fly? You got to figure out what your flying passion and purpose is, and that's going to take you to which one you're um, you're probably going to start out flying. Um, especially if you're looking to do this for a career, because I'd hate for you to go spend all the money to go get a helicopter, you know, your helicopter licenses, and then you're like, shoot. Well, I want to fly fixed wing. I don't want to do a job in the rotorcraft world. That's, you know, that's the type of stuff that you want to stay away from. But for the understanding, you know, uh, you know, the purpose of understanding, I'm going to focus more on the main reasons why pilots become a specific type of pilot. So why do pilots become helicopter pilots? Why do pilots become fixed wing pilots? So 
and before we get into this, as a premise, whether you want to fly airplanes or helicopters, both pilots, they have to build hours. That's called flight time um, to even be considered for jobs and advanced rating. You can't just go get a private license and boom, I want to go work for the airlines. That's not how it works. So we're going to discuss more about uh, all these when we touch on both uh, both types of pilots. So to help you understand these two types of pilots, I'm going to break it down for you based on affordability, performance, ride quality, access of motion, the pilot and passenger visibility inside, and typical missions that you may experience with both type of aircraft, and you know, at the beginning, so we're going to talk GA aircraft, uh, so probably mostly talk on piston-type aircraft. What is the average time uh, in flight for both type of aircraft? Because it does differ. So you want to become a pilot, but you don't know which one to choose. Let's start with why folks become fixed-wing pilots. This is what I became. Uh, but I do have, you know, hopes down the road uh, being able to get my rotorcraft license. So our first topic, just like I said above, um, you know, when we were talking earlier, uh, we're going to drop affordability. You know, one of the main reasons why folks choose to fly fixed wing aircraft is it's the most affordable option out there to get into powered aviation. You know, if you compare flying an airplane to a helicopter, you can expect to pay less, definitely less per hour on the aircraft. And you can definitely expect to fly further um, than a helicopter will fly. For example, training or flying on a Cessna 150 or 172 uh, may cost you anywhere from, I don't know, $100 to $180 an hour, depending on the type of model, the model year, and uh, you know what city and state you're flying in. You can easily, easily expect to pay three times that cost per hour moving up to the helicopter world, either on like a Robinson R-22 or an R-44, which are the typical training helicopters. Um, so cost is definitely a key reason why people choose the fixed wing world over the rotorcraft world. But let's talk about performance. When it comes to performance in an aircraft that you're that you will start out on, which is small GA aircraft, fixed wing aircraft are probably they're going to be faster and they're going to get your destination quicker. Now I say this loosely because most training flights, you know, in a fixed wing aircraft aren't done in super, you know, at super fast speeds. But as you make your way up into bigger aircraft, they will get faster and support, uh, surpass most top speeds of all helicopters. Fixed-wing aircraft can also fly higher and further. And at these rates, they'll burn less fuel and they're going to keep your cost down uh, in a training environment um, or an ownership environment too. So, and when it comes to the ride quality, you know, fixed-wing aircraft versus helicopter, fixed-wing aircraft, will they'll, they're pretty much going to win every time. Uh, that's not even a question. They're they're very they're very very smooth compared to riding in a helicopter, um, but let me tell you, you know, I'll even stick it in there for Bell. I mean, helicopters are getting very very smooth. They're getting very very smooth now um, because you know the people owning them and the pilots and the riders they're they're requiring it. They want it. So all the OEMs out there, including Bell, and Bell's really the leader on it. They're starting to make aircraft super super smooth. Um, but airplanes take the cake. When it comes to smooth rides, there is just no, there's really no comparison, especially when you're down in the training, training environment. Um, it's just, you know, it's very, very hard to make a smooth training aircraft with all the moving pieces uh, and parts. So let's, let's get down to 
how an airplane moves. So let's talk about its access of motion because it's definitely different from a helicopter. So unlike a helicopter, airplanes only have a few access accesses, axes of motion. In short, airplanes, they can go forward, they can go down forward, they can turn left, they can turn right, um, but they can't go backwards, they can't go side to side, uh, and they always need constant momentum to keep up that lift. These movements are, you know, they're really relatable if, you have, if you've never been in the world to what you do in a car, right? You move forward, you move left, you move right. So if we're going to compare it to helicopters, you, there, there's going to be a less likely of you getting motion sickness in a fixed wing aircraft uh, compared uh, to a, a helicopter. So it's definitely a smooth um, and normal ride, something that you can, you know, that you're probably used to on a commercial airline. That's the same in the GA space. Nothing changes. So let's talk about passenger visibility because that's, you know, for some people, passenger you know, visibility is a good, uh, it, it's a good thing and it's a big thing. So for the pilots, it's going to be the most important part. It could be also very important if you decide after you get your ratings, if you're going to carry passengers too, because we want to make sure that their flying experience is just as enjoyable. So in most general aviation aircraft, um, configurations have all the pa uh, passengers at the windows. So you always have a window to look at. Once you start getting up into bigger planes or even bigger jets, you know, bigger planes, I'm talking about maybe the Cessna Caravan or something like that, you may start to have seats that are coming in on the aisle. But those, you know, those are going to be, those, those are way, way up. And that's going to start taking you outside GA aircraft. But a lot of GA aircraft now, they also have club style seating, which has seats behind the pilots and it's passenger seats that face each other. Um, so it kind of makes it feel like a, a more uh, intimate uh, feeling, um, kind of like, you know, you're in a limo uh, or something. But when it comes to viewing visibility, most GA aircraft views are great, you know, when you're in the air, but they can be obstructed, especially if you're flying in a low wing GA aircraft. Most GA aircraft, um, they don't have glass canopy cockpits. So your field of view is pretty limited to either straight, straight up or straight down. So when you jump over into the helicopter side, and we'll see that uh, when we, we talk about those next, um, there's going to be a slight difference. Now, to set the record straight, there are some glass canopy cockpits in the fixed wing world, um, a lot on the experimental side. And if you jump down to the light sport, you know, the check lights, uh, the check cruiser, check sport cruiser, excuse me, um, has a glass canopy cockpit as well. And those can offer amazing, amazing views. But your view down is still limited because of the uh, underbelly wings. So let's move on to weight, because weight is a big, big deal when it comes to GA, uh, GA aircraft and helicopters. This is probably going to be one of the most important factors uh, when it comes to flying. This also, you know, it, it kind of creates a big separation between GA aircraft and uh, helicopters, to be honest. You know, both fixed wing and helicopters are very, very sensitive to the weight. So you have to be very careful. When you compare helicopters and GA aircraft, you generally are going to have kind of what you see this inverse relationship when it comes to where you have to put the heaviest weight. So like, for example, you need to realize that you're probably going to have to put the heavier weight in the front seat of a GA aircraft rather than the rear or your tail is going to sink. With a helicopter, your heavier weight is probably going to have to go more towards the rear or closer to kind of the mass of the helicopter, which is going to be where you'll find its center of gravity. 
because in weight, it's all about where that center of gravity is so the airplane can fly the way it's supposed to do. And all in all, you know, small helicopters, they're definitely going to be way more weight sensitive than a a GA aircraft, you know. If you want to fly more people for less money, then I can tell you general aviation fixed-wing aircraft probably are going to be the way to go. Now, don't get me wrong. A Cessna 172 is going to be, you know, limited by what type of weight it can hold. And it's not going to go as fast if you got a lot of weight. Um, but it's, you know, you're able to carry probably a little more weight a little bit further for a way cheaper price. So what are some specific missions that you could find yourself doing uh, in a fixed wing flying job? You know, if you want a flying job, you're going to have to build quite a bit of hours in order to move up the employment ladder. When can you expect to get your first job? You know, it's probably somewhere around 500 hours, which for many doesn't seem very far. But when you, you know, when you add the cost to it, that's quite a bit of money to get you to 500 hours. But there's multiple, multiple, multiple ways to do that for a relatively cheap price. As an airplane pilot, you may have to take you know, two or three so-called entry-level jobs before you can really find yourself uh, in a more lucrative career as a commercial pilot. And when I say commercial pilot, I mean working for like a major air carrier hauling passengers or cargo. Um, but to be honest, even though there's still this pilot shortage, airplane pilots still have to compete in a very, very competitive job market. It's very competitive still. And I, I mean, I can tell you just from what I've heard that though it's not entirely possible without a college degree, it's just going to be significantly harder to move up that pilot ladder if you don't have a college degree. Now, some have made their way through the ladder without having a college degree. It's possible, but it's just going to be a little more difficult. So other fixed-wing jobs that you may find are things like pipeline patrol, uh, surveying patrol, uh, charter flying, uh, banner towing, flight instruction, ground instruction, though that doesn't really include flying. Um, it's still a job that pilots can do. Uh, government flying, skydive jump pilot flying, corporate flying, uh, and air tours. Though air tours, you'll probably see more for helicopter pilots than you will for fixed wing pilots. Uh, and last but not least, a lot of how you know some young kids uh, build hours is ferry flying. Basically, when somebody buys an aircraft or somebody needs to move some type of aircraft, they could hire what they call a ferry pilot. And that pilot's going to go get that aircraft and move it to its final destination. So it's a pretty fun job. You could be going everywhere. So let's move on to the last topic. And the last topic on the fixed wing side is, uh, you know, time in flight. And this is just going to be really, really simple. You're going to be able to get a lot longer flying and you're going to be able to go further in a fixed wing aircraft than you will be in a helicopter. In a 172, you could end up flying basically straight for over four hours and not too many helicopters have that type of fuel uh, or endurance. They're going to have to stop, uh, get fuel, and then you'll have to move on to your next destination. All right, so now that we just went over the fixed wing flying, you know, pretty thoroughly, and I hope you guys got a better understanding of that world and the different types of things that you can expect if you go on the fixed wing side, um, you probably have a sense, you know, you probably have a sense of what it's going to be like for the helicopter side because you're probably thinking, oh, it's probably just going to be the opposite. Now, some things are going to be the same. But let's get into why uh, you want to fly helicopters. To most pilots um, that want to, that want to start flying and become a helicopter pilot, they say, you know, they always say it's like going to the dark side. Um, but I'd say being a pilot of either is still so fulfilling. Uh, 
but there is nothing like taking an adventure out on a helicopter and you know that is that's definitely for sure i mean there's just nothing like it so let's get into it number 1 when it comes to rotorcraft simply put y'all there's just it's not really affordable you know if you're looking to do this as a career and you have you know you have the ability through something like a gi bill or you have a scholarship or you got something then i would say definitely you know try it Flying a helicopter could be, I mean, just like we said before, it could, uh, you know, could be potentially three times as expensive flying than flying a GA aircraft. And that could really hurt somebody who's just starting out and doesn't have that much money but wants to get into flying. But there's a caveat. I will fully say that I wish I could become a helicopter pilot because if I could afford it, I would literally would do it right now. I would probably call up my buddy Eli, who we had on the first episode of the Ask the Av Geek show, and I'd start today. When you have your pilot's license, it's also a lot easier to say, let's go fly and get some lunch, um, you know, with when you have a GA aircraft. You really won't be able to find that much. You know, too many people saying, oh, let's go up in the helicopter and uh, get some lunch. Now, there are a few people that own their own helicopters, and they can do this. So it's really, really possible if you can own your own helicopter. But most helicopters were made to work unless, like I said, you have that ability to kind of own your own helicopter. Then things could change. So simply put, a lot of people go into helicopters, you know, with it in their mind that it's going to be a career for them. It's not just for fun. So when it comes to a performance of a helicopter, you're going to find a huge difference, uh, a huge difference in performance when it comes to turbine versus piston helicopters. Most piston aircraft are used by folks who are training, you know, somebody like me who's going through training. Um, so we'll focus just really on the piston aircraft now. You can train on a turbine, it's possible, but most people are going to train in a piston uh, piston aircraft first. So for the size and weight, helicopters really, really are truly amazing aircraft. I mean, when you look at all the thousands of moving pieces and the way they fly, I mean, it's truly impressive. Helicopters are very small, so you can't, you can't go as fast as maybe some GA aircraft, and they're smaller, so you're going to be tight in there. Most piston helicopters will fly you probably as fast as maybe a 172, definitely as fast as a 150. But being able to take off vertically is why I think helicopters, you know, their performance outdo fixed-wing general aviation aircraft. I mean, for me, I got to taxi all the way down to the runway, you know, and it takes me a while versus some of my friends who are training in the helicopter school next to us. They literally take off from their spot and they can get going. Um, so that, I mean, that has a lot to do with the performance of their helicopters, uh, and the landing and takeoff performance of helicopters. I mean, it's just, it's truly, truly amazing. And when you take that up to high altitude and heat, it can start having its effect just like it would on an airplane. Um, but it may affect it just a little bit more on a helicopter. So performances on a helicopter are quite, are quite good. But, you know, you may be going a little bit slower. You may not be able to go as fast. It may be a little more bumpy. But you're learning in a tool that not many other people get to learn how to fly in. So if you're able to start training or start flying in a helicopter, um, I mean, you're one of the very few pilots in the world that have the ability uh, to do that. So it's pretty special. So let's get on to the, 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 the weight and kind of some visibility and comfort uh, in a helicopter. So it, 
I, I really truly think it's amazing that all that weight is being held up by those blades, you know, all the spinning blades. And this performance from the power plant, the blades, the tail rotor, are truly what give helicopters their amazing axes of, you know, their flying and their flying characteristics. So with helicopters, there isn't really, you know, there's not a way that you can't fly, you know, except maybe upside down. That's not safe in a helicopter. Um, helicopters are truly, they're really three-dimensional aircraft, and they can move straight up, straight down. They can move side to side. They can hover. They can stay in place, uh, which is hovering, if you didn't know. Um, they can move in a circle while hovering, literally just go around the circle. Um, and they can take off like an airplane if they want to, and they can land vertically anywhere they want to. There's not really a place a helicopter can land. It just needs enough room um, to do it. You know, when if you go into helicopter training, you're going to learn things like, um, you know, confined, confined space landings. That's going to be part of your training. So flying in a helicopter is, you know, it is limitless, limitless on the things you can do. There's so many cool places you can go. Um, and I'll be brutally honest, you can do a lot cooler flying in a helicopter than you could in a fixed-wing aircraft. Helicopters might not be as fast as airplanes, but they sure are a lot more fun. I can tell you that. So let's get on to that passenger visibility. This is a really, really simple one for helicopters. And simply put, helicopters um, are definitely above fixed-wing aircraft when it comes to visibility. The visibility you get out of a helicopter's bubble canopy from... Uh, from that front seat or front row, depending on the helicopter you're in, um, even if you're in the rear seat, I mean, the visibility is really as good as it gets. You can't beat the views that you can get in a helicopter, whether you're sitting in the front or the back. Um, I would definitely pick the helicopter over the airplane any day if it were, if I was going for um, the views, maybe doing adventure flying or backcountry flying, you know, bush type stuff. All right, so let's get into weight because this is so important in helicopters. If you're going to fly helicopters, you have to be cognizant of the weight. Helicopters are extremely, extremely weight sensitive, and this is a vital piece of helicopter flying. And like I said before, guys, you're going to have to put a heavier weight towards the back in a helicopter because the helicopter center of gravity is under that mass versus the front of the plane in a GA aircraft. So if you're going to become a helicopter pilot, I'm telling you, quickly make yourself familiar with the weight and balance portion of your training because it's going to be important. Weight is going to be dramatically limited, uh, you know, with whatever you can do in a helicopter. So if you're trying to, you know, do this for a job and you're in a job, you're definitely going to have to look at the weight before you can do a job. Um, and now this is true in the fixed wing aircraft world as well. Uh, because especially if you're flying Cessnas or Beechcraft, you know, they can only handle so much weight. Um, but I just feel personally that there's a bigger focus in the helicopter space on weight. So on the next one, uh, if you decide to fly helicopters, what are some of the missions or what are some of the type of jobs you could find in the helicopter space if you want to do this for a living? Well, just to name a few you can become an EMS pilot, you can do pipeline patrol pilot, you can be an offshore oil rig pilot, air tour pilot, you can be a charter pilot, you can be a logging pilot, you can be a bush pilot, you can be a utility pilot, which means, you know, out out in the, you know, backcountry, maybe doing external loads, you can be doing, um, you know, doing things like lifting air conditioners and different types of flying. Um, I mean, how do you think air conditioner units get on the type of sky? Eh. How do you think they get on the top of skyscrapers? Yes, they use a helicopter. 
You can do border patrol. You can do local, state, or federal law enforcement flying um, because some of those still use uh, external pilots. Uh, or you can be a professional flight instructor. So when it comes to helicopter pilots, um, there's quite a bit of jobs you can do. I would say there's probably more jobs. Mm, yeah, more jobs that you can fly in a helicopter than you probably could in a fixed wing aircraft just simply because of the limited axes of flight and what the capabilities of a helicopter have. So when it comes to helicopter pilots, I would say the flight time and the requirements are very, very similar uh, to the airplane um, airplane flying path that we talked about earlier. But there's probably going to be a little less competition for the best jobs. You know, there's less helicopter pilots, ava- you know, out there. Um, and there's a very high global demand for helicopter pilots. And for most people, that's probably good news for helicopter pilots. So typically, helicopter pilots, um, you know, they reach top paying jobs faster than that of an airline pilot because it just takes you a long time to build that ladder. Uh, but really, you know, for you guys out there who maybe want to get into aviation or think about one or the other, the real, real question boils down to do you want to fly in a straight line up at 40,000 feet or 10,000 feet on autopilot? Or do you want to fly in an ever changing dynamic environment where you can land almost anywhere? That is really, truly the question that you have to ask yourself when you're picking the helicopter world or the fixed wing world. So on to our seventh topic for helicopters. Um, What can you expect on the average flying time? You know, now that you're going to be spending, how should we say this? You're probably not going to be spending more than three hours up in a helicopter And that's if you're not able to hot fuel your aircraft, meaning someone can fill up your tank while the rotors are still spinning. If that happens, you can definitely find yourself flying three plus three plus hours. Uh, And that could be done in the uh, in the utility type uh, work work area uh, for a helicopter. So if you're doing if you're if you want to go into the utility space, you got to prepare yourself that it, it can be pretty uncomfortable to sit in a helicopter for three plus hours. I can tell you that. Um, that I love flying in helicopters. It's great, but it starts to get a little uncomfortable when you're th- uh, flying three plus hours, because anybody's going to want to get out and stretch um, and fly, you know, while they fly. But helicopters are great machines for hopping around and creating fun adventures and really getting any job done. So flying three hours in a helicopter, it's going to be a. It's going to be fun. You're going to be able to go to a lot of places. You're going to be able to see a lot of things. And three hours doing utility work, you can get so much done. So helicopters are truly, truly dynamic uh, vehicles. And though they can't fly as fast or far as some GA aircraft, they're still very, very important to the aviation space. And if you're truly what we would call kind of an extreme sports buff, if that's the kind of person you are, maybe helicopter pilot, you know, being a helicopter pilot is a viable option for you. Well, that sums up what it's like to fly a helicopter. I personally think it's tougher to get a helicopter license than a fixed-wing license. And this is why I really, really look up to helicopter pilots because their type of flying, it's not easy and there's a lot of moving parts. On the other hand, I personally feel that helicopter flying could be a little bit more fulfilling, but it's going to cost you more and it's going to take a lot more time to, uh, to get started. That's for sure. So if you're looking into becoming a pilot and you're not sure what type of aircraft you're, what you want to fly, I would say get into both types of aircraft before you decide. Go take a discovery flight in an airplane. Go take a discovery flight 
in a helicopter. And really after those, it's going to give you a great feeling of what you want to choose. I can guarantee it. And guys, to be honest, airplane flying really can't be compared to helicopter flying either. Most people have one or the other in their blood or they fly both because they just ooze everything about aviation. And the decision could really be easy once you once you decide uh, or once you take, you know, flight in both of them and you kind of get a taste. For me personally, I wish I could financially handle both and I hope one day I will because as soon as I can, I'm going to get my rotor uh, my rotor wing license because guys, rotorcraft flying, helicopter flying it's truly, truly amazing. It really, really is. You have to experience it if you haven't. So you're going to have to ask yourself, what type of flying do you actually want to do if you're going to do this for a career or if you're just going to do it for a hobby? I really hope that if you decide that you want to do this for a career, either or, that your career is going to be long. So you got to make the right decision for yourself. Although, there's going to be plenty of flight, you know, flight careers for either path, whether you choose the fixed wing or the helicopter side. Um, you want to make sure you get the right training and education to make sure you can get the better opportunities. All right. So you really got to think about what you want to do and what path you want to take and which machine. And that's going to how you set your path up. And you just got to keep working on it and you just got to keep going forward. Well, everyone, that's all for today. Make sure you go check me out over on social media. You can find me on uh, Instagram. You can find me on Twitter at Hodge underscore C-H-E. We can continue the conversation or you can go check out my posts and other things that I talk about over on social media. And if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the AvGeek Chronicles podcast. And it would mean the world if you listen here on iTunes, iTunes podcast or any other podcast channel that allows you to make a comment uh, and rate the show, I would really, really appreciate it. It would mean the world if you left a rating on this podcast um, because really your word is what's going to be able to make Avgi Chronicles podcast a growing, growing podcast that gets better, better, and better. So I would really, really appreciate any and all comments coming from you guys out there. Well, everyone, that's all that I have for today. Sorry again about last week not being able to put out a podcast. I really feel bad for you guys. I know some of you guys were looking forward to it, and I received a few DMs um, asking where was the podcast. But we launched one this week, and I'm super excited to be back in it. And I hope next week we're going to bring in another episode of Ask the Ab Geek Show. I really love those, and I really like putting on other pilots and hearing their stories. And I know those pilots love sharing their stories with you guys. So... I will see you all next week on the next episode of the Av Geek Chronicles podcast. Take care, everyone.